2: Hey there, folks. I'm Dr. Rob Zamet. Welcome
3: back to the Doggy Pod. And Dr. Rob Zammett is a vet, as we all know, and I'm that vet's producer, Stephen Peters. And thank you so much for listening. We're going to give you a little update this week on the Doggy Pod puppies. We'll do that. Let uh, you know how they We're we'll going also discuss
2: yeah. can dogs see in the dark, really? Can they?
3: Well, they must be able to see a little
2: bit. We'll find out. Because you don't hear them bumping into walls and stuff when they go outside <laughs> for a, a bit of a wee. We're also
3: going to talk about your dog's sense of taste. We all know how good their hearing is and their
2: smell, but how
3: good are they on the old tongue? There, do they have a good sense of taste? I don't know. Mm.
2: And I'm also going to introduce a breed that's called the King of the Terriers. The King oh, the of the, t- is that yeah. is that the official breed name? King no, of the Terriers? No, no. So. I'll tell you the breed name
3: I later on. I wonder what that is. Anyway, um, so th- this week in the clinic, well, obviously Rob's been busy, but he has taken some time out to go and check up on the doggy pod puppies. And um, what's the latest? So we're now four weeks Four weeks in. of
2: age, yeah. They're really, really um, having a gap on their feet. Or they've been up for you know, probably a week or more on their feet. These mm. pups are pretty advanced.
3: Are they sort of wandering around, bumping into things? They're at that sort of oh, huge they're stage, run- are they're they? They're running
2: around and, and playing and you know, tearing at each other and, and tearing a bit at mum because their teeth have come through now. So mm. you know, there'll be less and less time spent on mum and more and more time spent with food, that's been offered to them by, by Steve. Um, so,
3: Steve's the owner. Now, what, what sort of, you know, at four weeks, yep. uh, as uh, he slowly weans them off mum, mm-hmm. what sort of food is going to be you know, replacing mum's milk?
2: Sure. Um, and you don't replace mum's milk with other milk. People oh, often okay. think, oh, you give them just a bowl of milk, of some puppy milk, worst thing you can do. Because oh. the lapping reflex is the last reflex to develop. In, in dogs as it start, as they start to grow. So you give them like a semi-moist type of food. Think about it in the wild. Mum goes along, here are the puppies, she wants to wean them. What does she do? She actually regurgitates food that she's chewed up and caught out in the wild. Gross. So this is semi-moist type food. Same deal. You might get some good quality dry food or a type of kibble that's you know for puppies, soak it for a little while so it becomes a crumble. You can mix it. They make a puppy mousse, would you believe? Um, right. So you could mix some of that with it or give that straight to start with.
3: Because this kind of ties into one of the subjects we're talking about today, which is your dog's sense of taste. Mm, so, you important. know, beyond mum's milk, this will be the very first other thing they yeah. will taste. Yeah, and the
2: one thing you don't want to do is, like, here, have some of this and have some of that. And some. It, you don't want to vary the diet too much or you're going to cause problems. Because, again, the intestinal tract has to develop slowly. Remember, dogs have a shorter intestinal tract than we do. Mm. You don't keep giving them different foods all the time, nor do they need it nor want it. In the wild, they'd be happy with hunting just one area for a while, which usually means the same type of uh, food in that area for a little while until they move off to somewhere else. So same with puppies. You don't want to vary their diet too much, just like human babies. Otherwise, you're going to bring on diarrhoea. Just gentle, bring it on. You know, feed them three or four times a day to start with and uh, just keep doing it. In fact, the first meal, usually on the first day, you just give one meal that day and you might do that for two days, then twice a day, building up to three times a day, then building up to four times a day very often and then backing off. When so at,
3: at four weeks, what are their little choppers like? What sort of teeth have they got? Very
2: sharp milk teeth. <laughs> you know, right. they, they have the baby teeth or deciduous teeth and they are sharp as needles. But they'll and all fall out? I mentally? think you're very thankful when they do. Yeah. They start falling out around about three months, okay. and they continue on. Their full dentition comes through around about six months of age. Right. That's when they all their adult teeth come through, and they're a lot less sharper. They literally are like little needles. Mm. Their mm-hmm. milk teeth. So, they, do
3: any of those teeth survive, or the the, the whole, baby teeth? Yeah, all
2: gone. All gone. And they get forty-two new ones. Wow. So yeah, that's that's it. But no, no more after that. They're not sharks that get <laughs> 30,000 teeth or whatever it is they get that the shark can get through its lifetime, so okay. yeah, they once the adult teeth come through that 's it, and so they will start chewing things up, of course, because they, they, their teeth are coming through, even now they 're chewing on things, mm. they get little toys to chew on, and I keep them chewing all the time, um, certainly when they 're teething, if you don 't have puppies chewing on things, give them things they want they 'll find their own industry. Be at the, the leg of your expensive table or chair, so they want to uh, chew something. They yeah, or, or they go into the lounge and have a play on that and chew on that. They want to chew, so important to give them something to chew and play. And lots of play behaviour is very important for learning. Yeah, you know, the more different plays that they do, the better they'll learn later on in life. So we'll
3: um, we'll keep everybody posted on the doggy pod puppy. So what's going to happen now is that very very soon, Rob's. Going to have to make a decision. I think in maybe what two weeks' time, two more weeks, just just before Christmas. I think. Oh, just no,
2: just after Christmas. Just after Christmas, and
3: and you'll be making that all important decision. Oh, stand by. All right. As I said earlier, we're. you know, we've talked about dogs' uh, sense of taste in the past, uh, and and did you know that dogs have about one sixth the taste buds of humans, and that's why they can eat all that yucky stuff. We've also talked about uh, their their fantastic hearing and their sense of smell. Uh,
2: that's where they've got it all over us. They have, but smell. what about?
3: Surely we've got it all over them as far as seeing in the dark goes.
2: No, we certainly do not. Oh, really? No, dogs. We have it over dogs in seeing colour. And they think, so what? You know, colour's not useful to a dog. What's useful to a dog <laughs> right. is movement. Because when right. dogs have evolved hunting, of course, and they hunt at dawn and dusk, that's when canines hunt. That's the best time to hunt. Because animals come to the water hole or whatever, they're out and about you know, because it's cooler, whatever reason, that's when their prey is on the move. So, And what's the landscape at dawn? It's not colour, it's a grey landscape. So they need to be able to see something moving. So although they can see um, colour TV to some extent, not as much Mm. as us, what they can see better is black and white. And they they, they don't see in in monochrome. They're not black and white vision. They do see some colour. But in the grey environment, they get to see movement. So when the light's down, dogs can see things moving and they can see a lot better than us. In the dark, now pitch black, dark? No. no, no one's going to be able to see when it's pitch black because you do need some light bouncing off the back of your retinas, and dogs have the the right instruments at the back in the retinas to see in low light, very low light, much better than us. So where we have problems sometimes and bump around in the dark when we get up to go to the bathroom, whatever it is, no, the dog's getting, getting out of your way very quickly, saying, "Gosh, you're clumsy."
3: So they can see really well, huh? That's yeah, interesting.
2: In the dark, they see way, way better than us because of the way evolution has allowed them to do that, They've developed that, as I say, in hunting during dawn and dusk.
3: Okay, so, you know, that's, that's a bit surprising that dogs can see so well in the dark. Um, but now, I'm assuming they've probably got really
2: good sense of taste as well. Is well, that true? Again, you're wrong. They don't. <laughs> <laughs> they do. No, they don't. They don't. Not compared to humans. Oh. Humans have so about... So there's
3: one thing that we're better at than dogs.
2: We can taste. That's why we have the Grange Hermitage, yeah. nice red wines, yes. and they don't. They wouldn't know a cheap wine from a good wine. Would no, they would they It would be a waste giving uh, it Absolutely. To them. No. Yeah. We don't share that with them. So, <laughs> yeah, we have 9,000 taste buds roughly in our mouths, uh, yeah. whereas dogs have about 1,700. Yeah, right, right down. I mean, they still have the the taste of of salty and bitter and sour and sweet. They can still you know tell the difference, yeah. yeah. But not as um, as much as as us. They're not connoisseurs of of food as much as we are. Nevertheless, is that um, why they can eat you know some really gross some really stuff? pretty... <laughs> nevertheless, they do have yeah. There is some persuasion in taste as to what they're going to eat, because. Some people have manufactured some beautiful dog foods that, that have everything you want in it as far as the science is concerned, yeah. but the dogs don't like it. It doesn't matter how good the dog food is, if it's not palatable to dogs, it ain't going to get eaten and the food's no good. So, the palatability studies are always done on dog food and to make sure that they are okay. And I know I've said it before and I Probably sounds a bit disgusting to some people. Too bad. <laughs> you say a lot of things that, that are disgusting. When to I some open people. up a bag of dog food, I smell it, and make sure it doesn't smell off. And I'll taste one of the uh, bits of kibble to make sure it tastes okay.
3: You'll eat the
0: dry dog food. Yeah, yeah it's crunchy. So it and taste?
3: if it's
2: really nice, I'll get that whole handful. Grab.
0: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place.
2: A beer on a hot day sit down to, <laughs> what's, <laughs> no, what's what's dog because, food taste like oh it depends on the flavor that you're buying so you um, can
3: actually taste chicken or beef or yeah
2: you can taste different things in it. of course the issue why do i do it because uh, sometimes you know it, it, something may have happened to that bag and travel and it could have gone off and if it tastes yucky to me or sour or if the smell is off i won't even feed it out i'll just throw it out straight away I often find. Yeah, i
3: never thought to do that.
2: Well, yeah, because fungus can get in. Yeah, things can, things happen to our food. You know, very often you you buy something; it's still in date, but you can see something's growing in there. So you chuck that out.
3: Could you uh, ever eat a can of dog food?
2: Never, t- never tasted the hero. No, never done that. Haven't even when I've been drunk. I haven't done that one.
3: Sometimes, even as a
2: student, as a veterinary student, we and I did see some veterinary students. On, win so, bets from it, but no, not for me.
3: I wonder how that works with dog food companies then, that they have to make this dog food for dogs. Yep. Yet, I mean, it's surely at some stage a human has to try it to say, we no, think that's going no, to work. I don't think, well, I don't how think do they that.
2: know? No, they have dogs that do try it. Uh, for, yeah, but dogs eat anything. Pa- they do palate... No, well, they, they don't. That's why they do palatability studies out of, you know, 100 or 300 or 500 dogs, which one's like that food and sometimes they'll even do they'll put their food down they'll put the competitors food down which food do they like the most yeah palatability does count and palatability also for a dog there's that smell of course they'll smell decide which one they prefer and then boom, in they go.
3: See, all dog food in cans, to me anyway, smells pretty gross. Oh,
2: look! There, but obviously, no. it smells
3: differently to. Yeah, what?
2: There were some cans many years ago. There were some cans. I think it was called Country Dog or something. Somebody made it. You'd open it up, and you'd get hungry straight away. Oh, really? And it wasn't just me. That's scary. Other people said the same thing. It wasn't just me. No, <laughs> no, I'm weird. Okay, I'm weird. I'll admit it. But no, no, there are other people that say, "Gee, open that. It smells so nice. I just couldn't wait to get home for dinner." Uh, oh, the girls nice. here, stay, my uh, veterinary partner at the time said the same thing. Yeah, yeah. So some, it has to smell pretty good, even a lot of the canned foods. Even now, a lot of the canned foods that oh. I will feed, um, and I don't feed many canned foods. I'll often feed a bit of fresh food with my dry food. Because
3: you prefer a higher ratio of dry
2: food, Yes. don't you? Yes, I do. I think dry food is very balanced food. It lacks palatability to some dogs, mm. but it has a, a lot of... A lot of science has gone into it. And some dogs prefer just eating dry food. I have some dogs that if you offer them fresh meat or dry food, they'll eat the dry food Hmm. every time. People say, oh, no. But I've tried it. And uh, that's not uncommon. We do do all like a little bit of crunch. So
3: that's why some dogs can eat really some gross stuff is because a lot of it they...
2: No, the taste doesn't mean – yeah. other thing the dogs have one thing over us. They can eat something and think, you know what, I don't think that was that good. It didn't taste that good and I think it might be off. Boom, up they bring They barf it up. They vomit it up straight away just like but that. But then
3: they sometimes eat that again as well. Oh,
2: no, that's, they eat that if you feed them it's too hot, they'll vomit that up and then eat it again when it's cooled off, yes. <laughs> Fair enough. I don't want to burn my stomach. Gosh, um, dogs are weird. <laughs> you know what dogs think? They think, gosh, humans are weird. Well,
3: they're right there. Okay, enough about seeing in the dark and tasting yucky stuff. Um, Our breed of the week this week. Is what you called the King of the Terriers? Yeah. Of course, that's not its name because I've no, never heard of a but, breed called King of n- the Terriers.
2: No, but a lot of people that know dogs, yes, they would say, "Oh, that's the Airedale, certainly Airedale. the biggest of the terriers, very tall oh, terrier, yeah, are, yeah. really quite a big dog, um, very very proud, agile, agile dog, agile dog, very proud, regal dog." Yeah, uh, and the big thing they have is an unflagging spirit. Yeah, you know, they are full on. 100 miles an hour. Right. So if you decide that you want an Airedale Terrier, be prepared for a dog that needs quite a bit of exercise. They deserve that exercise. And also training. Too many Airedale Terriers come into me and they are just rambunctious and jumping around. There and they say, oh, I can never control him. It's because you haven't trained him. You right. train the Airedale Terrier and they are one of the smartest whips around. You know, Heel, sit, drop, boom, bang. They'll do anything for you. They want to do it. they have. As I said, unflagging spirit to please their owners, to be with their owners. They just love family, but they need training. And unless you're prepared to put training into your schedule, don't buy near Delteria. Hmm. But if you want a dog that wants to be with you, loyal, loyal to you, to the death, you know, they'll put their life in front really? of yours every time. Okay. They are just fabulous, fabulous dogs. They do need trimming. They, they don't drop coat. Um, They're really are great that way for a very, very clean dog, uh, just a dog that will have high energy levels, great for agility or obedience or whatever you want to do. They will do it tracking. They've done every discipline of, uh, of dog industry. They will get into as long as you're willing to train them. So is it an English breed? Yes, they, they started in England, like many of the terriers actually did, um, and they were guard dogs as... Such, In fact, they've even been used in Europe and England as police dogs at times because they're, oh, yeah. they're quite powerful dogs. Mm, they mm. are powerful dogs. Not really a dog for, suited for, say, little children or elderly people um, because of their power and strength that they want to just run around and please you, but they'll <laughs> run into you very quickly if you don't look after them.
3: And what, uh, Every Airedale I've ever seen has the same colour.
2: Oh yes, you can get them. In, oh, no, you can get them in any colour as long as you have them as uh, black and re- tan or black and red. That's the only colour they come in.
3: Right. Okay. So there is no no variety of colours. or no, anything like no, that.
2: No, very much a, a black and tan or black and red type dog.
3: So if you don't like black and tan, forget it. Yep. Okay. Hey Rob, guess how many episodes of the Doggy Pod there are currently <laughs> currently available for people. If you've missed one or whatever, take a take a wild guess. Four forty? Oh, not even close. Uh, Double, uh, it. 80? Double it. Eighty. Double it. Hundred and sixty. There are around 160 episodes of the Doggy Pod. So if you've yeah, I hope you hopefully you've enjoyed this episode. But if you've uh, haven't heard them all. That's a lot of information that Dr. Rob's got to uh, impart. Hmm. And so, yes, there's 160 episodes there. So, please, if, if you've got some time, <laughs> not suggesting you listen to them all in one hit and, like, binge them or anything, but, you know, there's a lot of good stuff there. So, yeah, 160-plus episodes, and we'll keep bringing you The Doggy Pot every two weeks. So thank you for joining us. And, uh, of course, uh, as you know, follow us on, on Instagram and, and Facebook, where there's always a lot of extra stuff, particularly Dr. Rob, who posts... Quite random stuff from the clinic, from his daily vet work. But anyway, thanks for listening. Uh, Dr. Rob,
2: Or well, as always, wants to have the last Yeah, week. last week we found out yeah. which dog saved a movie studio yes. from bankruptcy. I'm not going to tell you the name of that studio because if you don't know, go back and listen to last week's. But <laughs> there's a lot of movies you would have missed out of if it wasn't for the German Shepherd Rin Tin Tin. Yeah. But how many Rin Tin were there? Well, Obviously, not just one, because Rin Tin Tin started in the 1920s, and then was re-released. There were quite a few episodes even in the 1950s. Rin Tin Tin was still being made, right? And so, gee, that
3: were, uh, that dog lived a very long yeah, life, didn't he? All three of them.
2: <laughs> they say three Rin Tin Tins, but ah, I, I know that, be that's, more than that that's actually not true, yes. because. If you watch the Rin Tin Tin when he's with, you know, with a little kid, what's his name? I can't remember. Right. I'm not that old, right? Oh, there you yeah. go. I used to watch it in black and white. <laughs> um, he was in the cavalry and, uh, in America. Right. And when you watch one of those things, you'll notice that there are three different dogs that are used. Well, based on their coat? Or? Yeah, based on their coat. Exactly right. You see, there's one that does all the fancy obedience stuff. Right. There's another one that brings, back, brings down the bad guys. <laughs> ah, slightly so different. So that's the stunt yep. Rin Tin, Tin And I think there's one that does a lot of the jumping very high and uh, doing all those things. So there's, yeah, there's a couple of stunt dogs that are rent Tin, Tin But if you ask the, uh, the people who you know, did the show, and I'm not going to tell you who it was... You've got to listen to last week's episode to find out. Uh, there were three Rin Tin Tins. So there was probably a Rin Tin
3: Tin for close ups as well, like the super handsome version. Yeah,
2: I guess so. I wonder if they had the poor, yeah, you know, just to have, have people and then have there was ha- one that just hand models, models. Yeah, yeah. The poor, the poor model. model, yeah. The, all those the tail model the yeah goodness. there you go
3: debunking hollywood myths anyway we'll see you for the next episode and with a bit of a an update on the doggy pod puppies which during oh, uh, close next, next it's episode will be super, you'll be just about to pick one so we'll see you uh, next time on the doggy pod see you guys